And we are recording. Would you mind saying something? Do you want me to just talk normal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the I Love That podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Tess. And we're here to remind you that sometimes life sucks. And that's the cold, hard truth. So join us as we journey through life. From the I love that moments to the days that make you say, what the heck is going on? Listen up as we talk about community, health and wellness, your faith walk, and the balance between work and play. Hey guys, another week has gone by and we are so excited that you're here with us. Over the past week, we took a survey and we asked our followers on social media, what does spirituality and slash or faith mean to you? Deep question. Super deep question. But it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one for people to think about. With some really good answers. Absolutely. I honestly think we probably caught people off guard yeah it's like like, oh just a normal day what does faith and spirituality mean to you well it's like scrolling through your or tapping through your stories yeah it's like someone's dog a donut someone's eating it's like what does faith and spirituality (laughs) mean to you and then it's like a meal prep (laughs) and you're like oh wow what does it mean to me and then you have this huge like out-of-body experience and and let me just say you guys delivered So we're not going to mention any names, but our first answer was from, let's just say, follower number one. Ooh. Number one. Number one follower. Follower number one said, faith is what gives her hope during the unknown. Mm, There's a lot of that. There is certainly a lot of that, especially this year. 2020, the year of the unknown. The year of... (laughs) turmoil <laughs> i don't even know if there's a word i don't for even it. know if there's a word to describe <laughs> oh, 2020 goodness um follower number two said that to them spirituality is understanding that there's something bigger than you which is also a, another really good response because sometimes you go like if i'm the biggest thing in my life like there's nothing out there right there's if God. that's the case we're all doomed yeah for sure. Yeah. Listener number three said that faith to them is faith in Jesus. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. That's what it was to them. I love that. Yeah. And follower number four responded with faith or spirituality means everything will work out for the good slash everything happens for a reason. I think that's a really popular response when it comes to faith or especially a popular response if like bad things happen. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of that first thing to be like, okay, but it happened for a reason or it's going to work out for the good. It's kind of a default for our brain. Right. Follower number, is this five? Yeah. Follower number five said that faith is finding peace in the things that are unexplainable. Mm. That one is profound yeah i mean this year alone i could list a hundred things that i simply cannot explain 
Absolutely. And I will be honest, finding faith in those things and through those things has been a challenge. So difficult. Follower number six said that spirituality is spending time alone with God, which if you guys remember our episode last week, having that alone time even for your mental well-being was something that we focused on. So I definitely can see that being tied into your spirituality or your faith walk. And the last follower said that faith is trusting in a higher being. Yeah, which kind of goes along with the follower who mentioned that there's something bigger than you. So something higher, something bigger, right? something out there for sure. So last week we talked about how Tess and I's upbringing really shaped who we are today. Yes. It shaped, um, you know, what we see as being healthy and having wellness in life. Yeah. This week is similar because Tess and I's upbringing really shaped what we believe in. Yeah. And why we believe in it. Mm-hmm. So to elaborate, um, growing up, my dad was a pastor. Ooh. Surprise. <laughs> I grew up going to Cubbies, which is like, I think, ages four to six or something. <laughs> And then you move on to Sparky's and that's, you know, elementary school. And then you go to Awana. And these are all programs that you go to on Wednesday nights and you hang out with your friends, you memorize Bible verses, you hear a message and you eat snacks. I mean, that's basically it. It's like a kid's dream. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I can still remember the fun games we'd play and, you know, stuff like that. So those types of activities carried into high school from youth group to different mission trips and all that jazz. Even after my dad transitioned from the pastor role to a business owner of fitness centers, um, that influence and presence in church did not change in my life. So from youth group to mission trips in high school, I was always surrounded by a community who believed in Jesus. So even though I had that influence and I had that support system, it didn't mean that I didn't go through challenges of my own. I wasn't this grounded person. I wasn't this profound Christian. Yeah. I mean, I was a kid. Yeah. And I was a teenager. And then I was a young adult. And <laughs> everything that comes with those different stages of life, I struggled with like mm-hmm. anybody. So Going into college, especially, was a really hard time for me. That led into depression and confusion and just anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so even with this great foundation that I was extremely lucky to have, I still was feeling lost. I still was feeling alone. You know, I was still feeling scared and nervous and all of those things that come with those really formative years of our life. So going through those years of going through those early years of college, I really struggled to find and understand who I was, what I believed in, if I believed in the foundation that was built for me, if I believed in God if I wanted to be a Christian, it was all of those questions that just come rushing at you all at once. Yeah. You're in that deep pit of everything's wrong. Everything's off. Yeah. And so it always seems like all of the worst questions you could possibly ask yourself happen at once. And I remember 
the second I started coming out of that pit was actually when I met my now husband, Max. Oh. Yeah. Um, him and I were, you know, raised in a Christian home. Yeah. Went to church, went yeah. to a Christian college. but Had that foundation. Yeah. We provided that. Yeah. But still faced, I mean, straight up like. Life. Life. Still came at you. <laughs> still faced so much confusion. Yeah. So much doubt. And the second we met each other, it was the, our first night hanging out, actually. We were walking along the riverbank in downtown Grand Rapids. Mm. And we were talking about how we've always wanted this life that our parents had. Oh. And this life that we knew we wanted. But we just didn't know how to make that switch yeah. to be there. Like, how do you switch from being this partying college kid to this parent that brings your kids to church or this parent that's creating their own foundation for their kids and it was that night that I realized I found that person that I could do that with I found that person where I could finally have the strength to do it myself but alongside someone Mm. and so that was the switch in my life where I realized life is so much more than doubt life is so much more than worry and confusion and anxiety and I gave myself permission to not have all the answers Mm, that's so good yeah we live in a time and place that like if you don't know it if you don't have the answer you're not a confident person Mm -hmm. you're purposeless yep that is a hard thing to let go of it is a super hard thing to let go of. And let me just say, it, it wasn't easy. It took a lot of ongoing work in my own heart, in my relationship with Max, in my relationship with God. And I, th- I think the biggest lesson I've learned to this day about faith in general is faith is not linear. Mm. It is not this straight line. You're not always consistent. Yep. You're not always on your game. Point A to point B. Yes. Anytime there's worry, boom, line drops. Yep. (laughs) Anytime there's anxiety, boom, line goes up. Your faith walk is like a mountain range. Yeah. It is full of ups and downs, highs and lows. It can go from clarity on a Monday morning to depression on a Wednesday night. So true. Once you recognize that faith is not linear, when you're able to peel back those layers of yourself, you're able to remind yourself of that foundation you have. Through the realization that faith is not linear, I was able to rebuild the foundation on my own terms while still appreciating what my parents had laid down before that. So there's a little glimpse into my story and what I view as faith and what I view as spirituality. I know that we've had similar experiences growing up, but I'd love to hear from your end how faith has been shaped throughout your life. Yeah, it's been really fun to listen to you because just a little uh, behind the scenes with Anna and I, we Sometimes we share our stories that we're going to talk about specifically. Sometimes we just put bullet points. And for this one, for instance, we didn't go through 
exactly what we were going to say to each other. So it's been really fun to listen to her, a little bit of her testimony or her background and like what made her who she is today. So looking back, uh, just kind of like on my childhood, it is just always interesting to me how you always go back to it. Mm-hmm. I think that if you could look at patterns, one of the patterns you would find is that you were raised a certain way. You had this point where you're like, I'm independent. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to go my own way. So you kind of have this foundation as a child and then you have this moment in your it always seems like high school, college years. Mm-hmm. You try to go your own way and be your own person. And then you become an adult and you like revert right back to how you were raised. Yeah. And you're like, ah, my parents had it right the whole time. I always get angry because <laughs> something will happen to me and it will give me a flashback to my dad saying like that was going to happen. Absolutely. I'm like, ah, he was right. I know. Again. Through gritted teeth. <laughs> Man, so I feel like that is really my story. I I grew up in an amazing household. I was so affirmed as a kiddo. I had a loving mom and a loving dad. I still do. And they made the decision early on that my school age years were going to be spent at a small Christian school in our community. And from kindergarten through eighth grade, those formative years for me were spent there. Mm-hmm. It was it was my second family. It became such a safe space for me to ask questions, to develop my character, to have true friends. I mean, I I still have again, you know, I'm going to constantly shout out my Lissy Lou, but that have lasted from 3rd grade to now, you know, 27-year-old me still in that friendship. And so I felt like that decision that my mom and dad made, whether they realized the impact that it would have on me or not, laid such an intentional foundation for me that looking back now, I honestly don't know if I would be where I am if it weren't for that school and that time spent there. Mm -hmm. So once I jumped out of that, I found myself in that cycle. I don't know what it is about high school and I think whether you start in a Christian school or you start in the public school or you start in a charter school something about high school once you hit your freshman year what is it downhill you like become an adult in your mind yeah you're like think you know everything I'm 15 want to experience everything yeah yeah like what at 15 in your brain makes you feel like it's a dangerous couple years it for is sure. yeah so I wasn't this obnoxiously wild child, but I definitely think that it was more of a mental struggle for me. Hmm. I I didn't denounce God. I didn't take that faith out of my life, but I definitely backburnered it. Hmm. It became not a priority for me. I really started to put other things in front of that. And in hindsight, I think what it was, it boiled down to control. It was... I was ready to take control of my life. Hmm. And honestly, that's still something that I struggle with to that day. I don't know very many people that don't struggle with needing a sense of control because who likes that feeling of spiraling out of control? Oh, there's a few. There are a few who really enjoy that. And it's not as much spiraling out of control. They just like spontaneity. They do. 
I'm not a very spontaneous person. (laughs) I like a plan. I'm just kidding. I love them. So I feel like that's what high school was for me. I I was trying to to gain a sense of self and purpose and control that for some reason I was feeling wasn't it wasn't there. It wasn't back at my old school. It wasn't with my parents. It was it was me trying to do life for me and by my own standards. And that really carried through into college. I think it just amplified the older I got. You gain more independence. You have more friends that have that similar way of more thinking. Freedom. You become more compulsive. Mm-hmm. Your decisions are, unfortunately, your decisions stay as flippant as they are, but they just have more long-term <laughs> consequences. Yep. And so I remember a point. I remember this clear as day. I was a freshman in college. I decided that I was going to go to our community college for a couple years until I could figure out what the heck I was going to do with the rest of my life, which I don't know about any of my listeners out there, but 18 was too young for me to try (laughs) to make that decision. I think it's too young for anybody. So I remember sitting there in the community college library because that was the deal with my mom and dad. Uh, I worked all through high school and I needed to maintain that into college. And so I decided that I was going to work at the community college library because I could schedule it very easily around my classes. I had a night shift, which you can all imagine is very riveting at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> the library. Tons of people flooding into the library. Oh, yeah. And I was just on Facebook and I remember my mom emailed me a link to Spring Hill Camps job application for the summer. And I was like, what is this? You make zero money working. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember opening that and being like, what is this? I'm not going to work at a camp all summer. I had waited tables in years past. I had made bank. I loved it. Mm -hmm. But there was just something inside of me that felt compelled to apply for it. And so I did. And fast forward, I got the job and I was planning at the beginning of June to head over to the great town of Everett, Michigan, slap dab in the middle of the state and be a camp counselor for the summer. At first, I was really excited about it. I was like, okay, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to run away, start new, get a new perspective on life. And what happened? I met my now husband and I was, it was like February when I got it and I was like, perfect. I've only got a few months of school left. And then I met Elliot like at the end of March and then all of a sudden going to the middle of the state didn't sound so great anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I honestly, I knew whatever it was inside of me that it was something that I had to do. Mm -hmm. And he was really amazing about it. He was like, go. I mean, if this is meant to work out, it's going to work out Mm -hmm. whether you're being a camp counselor or staying here and working your, you know, waitress job. So struggling with control and struggling with wanting to find my purpose again and kind of just being selfish in the way that I was pursuing that. Let me tell you, there is nothing that will put you into a place of discomfort and loss of control (laughs) than being a camp counselor being a camp counselor to third through fifth grade girls 24 7 for three months yeah i was always dirty Mm 
I was always tired. I always ate like crap. I was always drinking way too much coffee. I was making no money. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Yeah. Actually, there's a few of those things that haven't <laughs> changed. Um, I was completely and utterly just exhausted. Mm -hmm. But I knew that that was exactly where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And it was within those three months that I kind of surrendered myself to where I thought I wanted to be and where I thought I needed to be kind of back to where it all began. I was I was becoming a part of these formative years for these other girls. And at the same time, I was kind of refinding myself. Yeah. As cheesy as that sounds, yeah. but it was the process that was happening. And so I kind of consider that my my relaunch camp finished. I actually got engaged. So yes, you're counting that right. A three month dating right into engagement it's a new record it is right and we were engaged for a year and married and it gave me a chance to refocus and reprioritize things and on it actually since then uh the school that i grew up in is the school that i actually work at now mm -hmm. and it's amazing to be on the other side of things it's amazing to see how much is poured into these kids and understand how much was poured into me and learn to not take it for granted and to not take for granted those years that I was able to spend asking questions and learning because ultimately I feel that we are all just looking for the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. We're all just trying to find our purpose. Well, even like our followers mentioned to us in the beginning when they said things like faith is peace in the unexplainable yeah or faith is trusting a higher being, yeah. or faith gives them hope during the unknown. Yeah, All of those things, when you listen to my story, your story, are yeah. the perfect explanation for what faith is. It's seeking something that can make sense in this world of chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to anchor yourself into something that gives you hope. Mm -hmm. And I know for me and I know for you, that is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that has led both of us into a place of confidence, even though life doesn't stop throwing you curveballs. No. It doesn't just decide like to not give you struggles and anymore. I mean, right. like we've mentioned before, 2020 has been the perfect example of that. Yeah. No one is exempt. Well, going back to what I said, faith isn't linear. Yeah. Life isn't linear. No. It is a big old mess with some brief moments of clarity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like we are all given this choice, this opportunity to decide that life on our own is just it's too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, Anna, but I just have felt like I've tried to do it on my own and I've tried to take faith out of it or this hindsight, this bigger picture. And it just, it's not, it doesn't go so well. It doesn't work. It doesn't go so well. Nope. Our encouragement to you guys this week is to stick it through release that grip that death grip you have on life yeah. and have faith that it's gonna be better it's gonna get better and that it's okay to not be okay sometimes mm -hmm. and to know that 
we are all going through seasons. Life is made up of seasons, of good seasons, of bad seasons, chaotic ones, peaceful ones. But we are just encouraging you guys to find that constant through them all. Mm -hmm. What is that for you? For Anna and I, it's our faith in God. So our hope and prayer for you guys is that you're able to find that authority in your life. It was the understanding that we had to let go a little bit. We had to loosen that grip. We had to let go of the control that we thought we could handle on our own. And we had to put our trust into someone way higher than us. It required us to put our trust into someone that has way more authority than we ever could. Absolutely. So if you guys are feeling it all like you just need someone to talk to or you need to bounce some ideas off us, we're always here for you. Feel free to DM us on Instagram or Facebook, and we're always happy to talk. We hope you guys have an amazing week. Remember, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but if you find that thing that's constant that you can put your trust in, you'll be just fine. Talk to you soon. The I Love That Podcast is hosted by Tess Ambrose and Anna Command. Music licensing by Musicbed. Hosting by Anchor.fm. Produced, edited, and mixed by yours truly, Micah Butler. You can find the I Love That Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. I love that podcast. It's here to stay. I love that podcast every day. I love that podcast with Anna and Tess. I love that podcast when life is a mess. Boom. That's a wrap.